0: Before we get started with this episode, I want to let you know that there is a special expanded version of this episode on Patreon, specifically for our Patreon supporters. So if you go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and search Neverland Podcast or go slash Neverland Podcast, you can find our Patreon page. You can also find it at NeverlandPodcast.com. I have links to our Patreon page. Go and become a supporter to get a special extended cut of this episode exclusive to our Patreon supporters. So with that, let's get on with the show. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast.
1: Merry Christmas! What is this?
0: Up to Neverland! Ho, 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 ho,
1: come in and know me better, man. Ho, ho. Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Oh, what a
2: Merry Christmas day.
0: Take your pixie out of your pockets, Neverlanders. Sprinkle some of that pixie dust around. Use the force. And fly to Neverland with me. I, of course, I'm Jeremy. I'm your head lost boy around here. You can call me the Spider-Pan. I've got a, a pixie and a lost boy here with me. Lost boy, Phil, we haven't been on the show in a little while. I haven't. I'm a lost boy, Wookiee, today. And then Hi. pixie Heather. Hi. Or we call her the bio nerd. So, and we call you the Kryptonian. That's so. exactly right. But uh, so, to, all right. We've got a lot of fun coming up later in the show. We'll be Eric and Jonathan Johnson. You, you all know Lost Boy Eric, of course, but Jonathan Johnson of Diz Radio will be joining us later. We're going to talk about some Rankin Bass later on in the show. Yes, a great new book that just came out that Jonathan Johnson had a chance to participate in uh, with a Rankin Bass historian. He's gonna. We're gonna learn some stuff about Rankin Bass and just have some fun talking about all the great specials, even a bunch of specials that I ain't even seen yet. Uh, so this book is available. 50 year anniversary of Frosty the Snowman is oh, this year. Cool. Nice. Uh, so he'll be on later to talk about that. But for now, there's this little independent film that I really think people should... No one seems to be giving this a chance. They just never... No one seems to ever have heard of these movies. This small little independent film was something... I've... Oh no, what is it? Like a war in space or something. What is this called again? Oh, Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, Battlestar Star Trek, right? Oh, oh I don't yeah, know. Some it. little small film that no one's ever heard of, but maybe you should just give it a chance, cause these these small films sometimes are really okay, yeah, we're talking Star Wars. Okay. It's the oldest stupid running gag we've had. Just like yeah, just a little little independent film called the Avengers just happened to come out, you know. <laughs> So, yes, we had a new Star Wars film. Now, I'm going to tell you now, we're not going to spoil anything for you this week. We just want to lightly touch and give you a review. Next week, though, I'm going to put a group together and we're going to just have some fun talking about this movie and breaking it down and all the stuff. So you have plenty of time to get a chance to go out and see it because well, I know you want to. Oh! There'll be
1: spectacle,
0: there'll be fantasy, there'll be Daring Do and stuff like you would never see. Yeah, we're going to be a movie starring everybody and me. Boy, I wish I were you people seeing this for the first time. Herman, I got a great picture of the chicken. All good. And if you don't want to, then you should probably go anyway because you might be surprised. Because you might realize, you know what? This is good. Because this was fun. A lot of fun. This was a heck of a lot of fun. And people have... You know, we were just discussing it there that people have said that. Oh, it seems to be a lot of fan service. Well, what's the problem with some fan service?
3: Yeah, I think we've earned our dues. It's been what for, uh, forty years. 40
0: yeah, it's years. been over forty, oh, over 40 years, years since the
3: original film.
0: Yeah, so yeah. I say, you know, service the fans. I think that's what it should be done anyway. Yeah, you, you got to make a movie that you give the fans some stuff that they will, you know, they will enjoy with some new things yes. and lots of new things in this. Yeah, yeah. little yeah. nods to help. Wrap up the entire saga. Oh, 40 years! I mean, that's, so, that's not that's not something to sneeze at. Yeah, it's, it's they brought a lot of things full circle for us that just made us smile, and I clapped, I clapped a lot. I clapped, I cried. Yeah, I, <laughs> cried yeah. I clapped, she cried. There you go. There was a lot of stuff, and you know, uh, you know, silly things that I've seen. Is that some people say, "Well, there's enough story in here for two movies," and yeah, in a way, because maybe J.J. Abrams should have done the second movie too. I think so. But but <laughs> yeah, all that being said. I will
3: say this to Mr. Johnson here. Uh, In some ways, maybe the reason why there was so much fan service, and this is not to put the man down of the last film, but because in some ways that last film was almost trying to do some completely new things. Yeah, which is cool. Which is fine, except that it almost felt like, at least in the beginning of that film, uh, the last one, it seemed like they were saying, we're going a completely different direction and then by the end of it it was like never mind all we just told you the last two yeah. hours so in this one it would seem like they were almost trying to make up for all that yeah like, they kind like, of corrected a few movies yeah and so therefore that's why he had two films in one and unless you're going to do uh, you know what is it the uh, Skywalker Rise of Skywalker unless you're going to do part A part B you, you know I, I don't necessarily like all that myself that, yeah. to have to see two films to see one <laughs> I don't really like that so I mean I'll do it obviously because I, I hate when you go to see a film like when I went and saw The Avengers you know I really hate that like suddenly you get to ten more minutes in a movie and you're like oh crap there's no way they're going to be able to do this there's no way so I always hate that in a film To but that being said I'm glad they didn't do that yeah. I'd rather have a nearly three hour film than to have two two and a half hour films that's just me it makes sense, though. Sometimes when you're adapting a book, well, sure. to do that. But then, yeah, of course, sure. Star
0: Wars, you're not adapting a book. Just Lord of the Rings. Story. That makes sense to me. Yeah. You well, know. except The Hobbit did not need to be, be split no, up like two, that at all. Maybe. They could have done that in one three-hour movie. I agree. And done the entire story. I agree. Without all the extra baloney that ruined that movie. That, that I completely those three films. Yeah. But now we're, we're talking Star Wars, we're though. We're yes, But no. we're talking Star Wars, and this, uh, it really, I really, it, it moves really fast. Yeah. It really does. You do not have a chance to get up and go to the bathroom because but you know what? Return of the Jedi, I've always kind of thought of that as it sets up so here's the story of this movie. Boom, let's go on an adventure and just have a lot of fun. That's what this yeah. one did. It, it it came right in even in the opening crawl that tells you the setup of the story. Yeah, you almost don't, here's the story. Boom, let's go have some fun. Yeah,
3: you almost don't need to have too much of a break in my opinion. Yeah. Except maybe physically. But I just mean in the sense that uh, some folks were complaining an awful lot about there's too much of this, too much. Of this. Just sit back, relax, and have just sit it's on Star back for a tale, a tale of a wonderful trip, <laughs> and I enjoyed it's it. It's Star Wars. You're just supposed to kick back and have fun. To me, this is the most Star Wars
0: film of was, these I'll new ones. It has
4: the same feel. It, the and
0: thing. I've heard people say, I hate it when people say, well, this is the most one that felt like Star Wars. Like, and there, there's but people it, who have been like, what does that even mean? But, but it, it does, in a sense. It's whatever, and when it brings back that bit of nostalgia and gets us as excited as the original films did, which this did. This was the sequel we deserved. Episode 3? Of the those prequels did. Not and to me, it didn't. It, it, it felt, that It rushed, but the, you know, the, I mean the is, finale of that though was wonderful. What I mean to say is, that well, episode, it's a horrible what happens, but episode it's three
3: had more of the original type of stuff in it yeah. than the other two, and the, the first two, were, and then the except for I still really
0: like the Phantom Menace. Yeah,
4: I kind of.
0: We went to the Phantom Menace multiple God times. bless you. Uh, we are not alone either. There are others out there. We pray but th- 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 then
3: there's a then there is the episode of this one of these new ones uh, this is my personal favorite this is definitely the best yeah. of these three but all that being said i think every film has a good and a bad
0: yeah because the last Jedi Except has a lot of so good I, suspect, I don't know of any bad in there, right? and i like they, they did kind of legitimize and say well the last Jedi i had some story elements that were worth carrying over and they did, yeah, they did. and it, they paid off in yeah. this one so it was worth some stuff you know, you Last Jedi*. You could probably edit some stuff out that was really unnecessary, it, didn't though. pay off. Yeah, yeah. I selected. I watched it again though this morning, and the problem with *The Last Jedi* is you have a lot of stupid decisions that are made throughout the film. But every stupid decision was pretty much leading up so we could have a really awesome moment to follow it. And I personally think this is just me personally. I could have done without the whole. Story, the whole of course, story. we're complaining. I, I got to make sure we're talking to Last Jedi at this yeah, point of complaining uh, about it. We need to get off the of Last Jedi yeah, and move on. to the I could have done it completely but, without that secondary story going to the the uh,
2: Canto Bight.
0: Canto Bight, yeah,
2: whatever
0: that is. It, yeah, there's a lot of wasted stuff in that film, and they didn't even make Canto Bight important. But all the stuff that was important to the Last Jedi came to play, was important in this film. And I mean, there's a lot of interesting surprises, and they fixed some of the problems with Ray. Oh, they sure did. It mm-hmm. makes sense now. It makes sense. It, they, they they set up everything to where anything that you thought, well, you know, this is kind of always sits bad on me. They fixed it. They did a lot of things. I th- there are a few times I was worried they were about to do something else horrible, but then they said, "Oh no, teased you." Yeah,
3: but I don't want to say the, any more than that. The, the other thing is, you're going to hear a lot of critics and, and fans too that probably are going a bit haywire and into Easter own.
0: Everybody has a right I think to like, I've seen more fans actually saying, well, this was fun. Yeah, yeah means, I'm
3: happy. The thing is, too, is some people you expect gold, and in reality, you're only going to get the films you love once.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You, you, yeah. you, you
3: just got to go in there
1: and whatever is say, your favorite. You know what, I'm one. Whether it's
3: be Phantom Menace, whether it be Empire Strikes Back, like me,
0: you can only do that once. You can't make the exact same film yeah. once. You yeah. just can't. You just have to go and just be happy. Look, I'm getting to see a new Star Wars movie, and it was good. It was and that's fun. It. And yep. Yeah, had a
3: great time I in it there. I've seen three times, and this is <laughs> it's
0: only been out for technically
3: one day. <laughs> you know, came out uh, Thursday night. Yeah, and yeah Thursday night, and then Friday was the real opening day. Yeah, and today's it's, today, it's, Saturday it's, as we've and I've seen three times, and and it's fun. And like that's what I did with
0: Avengers, man. I saw that three times in a weekend. You yeah, know? Know? it's fun. It's a fun. It's a fun and way to get away from the world. You know, it really is. And I, I love this is of, the escapism we've come to expect from a Star Wars film. That's exactly right. Where it was epic, fa- you know, fairy tale, fantastic and fun, uh, and a couple of real surprise fun cameos that he didn't. Yeah, to see. even mm-hmm. uh, somebody that we finally got to see out of costume, who we've seen in costume yeah. for eight films, he was out of costume. Did you spot him? Mm. I I, I kind of nudged. like, yeah. "Do you know who that was?" I don't know if you did. Did you see who it was?
4: I don't I'm not
1: sure well Well, we won't say who
0: it was but somebody makes an appearance for just a couple of seconds but I was like I know who that is Mm -hmm. we get to see your face we haven't got to see your face in all the eight films that you've been in and that's Mm -hmm. all I'm gonna say about that says Forrest Gump yeah but we laughed we cried because I loved 3PO got to be in the movie and he got to be comic relief again yeah yeah now, one thing I was kind of like, oh, well, we got BB 8 along. I wanted R2 D2 along because, you know, he's, you know, BB 8 is supposed to be the new R2 D2, I guess. And we got BB 8 along, but it was nice having 3PO along for the main adventure to be comic relief like he's supposed to. And because I was, you know, they seem to underutilize the primary droids in the other two movies. In this one, he's along for the ride. Chewie got to do a lot more. I was happy.
3: And then D, uh, D2, or what was that? Yeah, the,
0: the, the new droid. Yeah. Which. I was an adorable little guy. I liked him. I man. liked him. And we actually get Feet to have over. a voice, a literal... Yeah he, got to, yeah, he didn't have a big vocabulary, but he's fun. Yeah, he was so, fun. And he was important to the story. He wasn't there just to be another cute droid. Yeah. He had an important part to play. I, and he really makes you want to go and adopt a pet. Yeah, he did. Because... Well, I can't say why, but, you know, you have a lot of you know, people, you know, some pets set up for adoption. Maybe they had some cruel owners before, and they got rescued from that, and you can give them a better home. That's what went through our head with this little droid. It was cute. Yeah, so I don't want to say any more there than that. I a
3: cute little characters that they introduced.
0: Yes, I love the little guy that, yeah. was, uh, that was the technician. Yeah. We won't say more about him. Yeah. You know. Although some people say... He out-cues uh, uh, Baby Yoda on my No, name. he didn't. No, he he didn't yeah. out cube Baby Yoda. Again, he was
3: cool, though. You know, I liked him a lot, but everyone said well, Baby Yoda isn't the cutest guy in the galaxy. Hey, I beg to differ on that. Yeah.
0: He's fun, but he's no Baby and Yoda. And one thing, I need to go rewatch some Rebels episodes because I'm pretty sure a particular planet was in Rebels.
3: Well, I just started watching that. For the, for, uh, but I'm pretty
0: sure this, that this that, that they threw back. Cause, now, interesting, one planet that they talk about, uh, I had always taken to be you know, Korriban. In uh, the Knights of the Old Republic series, that was supposed to be the Sith home planet was Korriban. They uh, get a different planet in there. Oh, really? But I think it's the same planet that has been up in Rebels, and it was a, there was a really good story arc, because it looked familiar, and I'm, I need to go rewatch it, but I think that this particular planet was it featured ah. in that series. And speaking of Rebels, there was a particular voice that had a very important part from Star Wars Rebels. He was playing his character, but you only got a voice. But it was really great. It was hard to pick out everybody, every voice that pops up in a very particularly really awesome scene. But I looked in the credits, and I was like, "Oh, look, it's this person." Ah, yep. That's as much as I can say about it. But he was, you know, yeah. They connected everything from animated series into the films. It's it's like they wrapped everything up really well. They've been doing that so nicely.
3: Trying to even put some of our voice people. It, even on the, uh, Mandalorian, they put some of our
0: people in there as Rebel. Yeah, I get to live and play people. Yeah, so it's really nice to wrap everything together. Although it does, I think, add some things where, like, oh, wait, there's a story that could be told later. Mm-hmm. There's a couple stories like, I want to see that story because you just hinted that this happened. It's like, okay, well, now that we know this happened, can we see that story? There's some of my favorite, I, I, I'm sure most people know, but I don't want to
3: ruin anything for anyone, so I won't even say who. But I love seeing some of the old characters coming back. Yeah, and
0: I, it looked like they were having a blast. Everybody seemed to be having a good time it, making this movie, and
3: I enjoyed a couple of them in particular. You know that that have been involved, and I was like, wow, to see them just like they're having so much fun. The whole every scene, one of them in particular was in, he was having so much mm-hmm. fun that I was like, oh, I just want to hug him. It was like <laughs>
0: it's like an uncle, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, I got to fist bump him. Oh, oh. <laughs> no I was going to shake his hand, and he's like uh, awesome. I just fist bumped that guy. Awesome, man. That's great. It's great, so you wanna add anything? You haven't gotten to say anything much.
4: No, it's hard to get a word in between you two. But anyway, um no, it, just go back to like it, it felt like more like the original Star Wars that kinda of started it yeah. all because the you know, in, in those the camaraderie was so important to the storyline. And I think we talked about this I mean a little bit of how, you know, in some of the other movies from the other sequels it seemed like everybody's on their own adventure. Yeah. But in this one they really pulled together and I think that was a lot of why it felt like yeah. like the original um Star Wars. Yeah. And that was I mean, for me that was important.
0: Yeah. yeah, and lots of new, even some new characters that were pretty neat new characters mm-hmm. that uh, made me happy to introduce some characters because they, they bring in a lot more interesting ideas that I'm like, ooh, I want to see where that's going to go, but we don't get to see where it goes. So I'm like, there's still more stories going to be told.
1: Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling. Uh,
0: and But new, new type of creatures, new aliens, new races. Oh, I have oh. a feeling, though, there's a few hints at the end. I know that this is the end of the
3: Skywalker saga. But there's new sagas to be had. That's it. And there's a hint or two. Let's go see what this is. Uh, there are some hints about that. I'm sure you caught some of that. There
0: There's a hint or two that just because it's the end of that saga. the beginning of new stories. Mm-hmm. Definitely some new stories because somebody wants to say something. And they said to somebody else. And I'm like, uh-huh. And we're noticing that you're noticing things there. Uh-huh. So just because we have we've seen the new the new school of jedi yeah have seen
3: them and, and we we've seen some things okay see that's one thing i'll say too about the we already mentioned it but the last jedi the uh one reason why they did spend some uh time at that other planet cantobai or whatever it was called was because he was going to introduce us to these little children his whole idea was just oh. to, to, he was originally i don't know if he still is or not Johnson, whatever his name was, Ryan, John- yeah, Ryan Johnson. Yeah, he's supposed to still he be writing good. His own well, new, that's good new for stories. Him. He was originally going to make these movies, on, and if I remember
0: right, what I read was he was going to make it about this young man who was um, a Jedi, or probably. Something. You know, we haven't really gotten any details about what he's working on. Uh, we do know the two guys from Game of Thrones that were supposed to be doing like a uh, old Republic style movie. Something has kind of kicked that around, and I don't think they're even working on anything anymore. Uh, but we are still expecting perhaps we're going to get some movies set in the Old Republic. Because mm-hmm. people have been excited for that idea ever since yeah, Knights like, of the old Republic it, yeah. and the online games and stuff. Uh, so people are excited about because a lot of, with these movies, they are pulling stuff that was from the books, some of the good stuff from the books, and said, well, there's elements of that that are really neat. We need to put those back in, in some fashion. Yeah, because so, they still do include some of the legends as yeah. fact. Like, you know, like Thrawn
3: is still involved.
0: Yeah, right? Thrawn is, they, they just have a new way to look at Thrawn, yeah, a different it. way. But it's like, he's still the same character, but now he's got different stories. that. So, there's lots of new stories, and I'm excited to see what more could happen. You know, more animated series... Later, one, later one thing that, that I read, that I thought,
3: one thing I read that I thought was very cool. My nose they talking about the legends, and they said that some of the legends will be thought of as fact, and some of the legends of those people aren't necessarily real. And I thought that's interesting. But then I started thinking, you know, there's some truth about that in our yeah. own truth, yeah. because you hear legends about. I mean, could you? We'll just use Lincoln. As tall tales. <laughs> tall tales about Lincoln yeah. tall tales that aren't necessarily true. For instance, George Washington. Yeah. He didn't have wooden
0: teeth. But we've heard it so long that we yeah. think it to be real. Yeah, we, People talk about being
3: real.
1: It's that's not something
0: real. they dove into in the last shot that actually was interesting where Luke was just like okay well there's this legend of Luke Skywalker. He just shows up with his laser sword and just going to destroy the entire First Order by himself. It's like that's the legend but uh, but I, I liked what that film at least did say where he's like you know I'm the reality of it Yeah, and I can't live up to this legend. It seemed to be a lot of his mentality but yet at the end we see how those those events that happen do feed legend and legend's bring hope yeah so it's like kind of give that support it's like yeah so the legends are important and i like i can't say in the middle but i do like that that did resolve nicely where luke got a new well of course luke got a new perspective because yoda showed up and said all right you usually got something to learn kid yeah i like that so but i i like that <laughs> I was, that resolution
3: well, one of my favorite things about the force awakens going back to that whole legend thing the force awakens i love whatever she said the was it oh i can't remember the exact fact what it was he said 12 parsecs and he, he he or 14 and he's yeah, twelve, twelve. 12 12 i like
0: how he corrected her yeah but it's just hilarious because he would have thought han would have wanted to go up not back <laughs> no but he he wanted to have it less time so it takes less time oh i see so going from 14 so no 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 i'm no, 14 12 well, yeah <laughs> get it right i'm faster than you think <laughs> and there's a great nod to that one i love the, the the moment in the movie it's just like yeah Liz, i gotta get over there quick yeah well i'm in a faster ship
3: yeah. you know and
0: zip i was like yeah <laughs> go get him dude i won't say <laughs> there were so many great moments that i was just like oh. well you mentioned the
4: hope and that's another theme in this one yeah because that was something that's within the originals was Ooh. the hope yeah you know and that also plays in
0: rebellions are built on hope
4: yeah mm-hmm. So right. I, I like. One, good movie. Yeah, I like that, that there was that yeah. that theme, that feeling.
0: And I liked even the line is like, "Well, evil darkness wants you to feel like you're by yourself." That's and that's true so true. That. That, that is, that is, is very, so very true. true. They want you to feel alone. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah.
3: i been feeling that a lot. I know how mm-hmm. that goes. And mm-hmm.
0: you're never alone. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because there are always someone. Well, no matter how you're feeling, there is somebody out there that loves you. Amen. Mm-hmm. So, because there are, I mean, there are people, you know, I'm going to get into Suicide Prevention Week or something here, but there's people, you know, you, you hit that point, but I guarantee you, somebody cares about you. Mm-hmm. That's right. You are important. You matter. Exactly. You are valuable, and there's my soapbox for the day. There you no go. No matter what you might be feeling, just know it's true that you are loved. That's right. You just sometimes don't always see it. Some people aren't good at showing it either. That does, Just because they don't always show it the way that you expect doesn't mean they don't love you. That's right. There you go. And there's my soapbox and my happiness. I feel like I hit that last week with Mr. Rogers because Mr. Rogers had some good lessons in that movie too. Yes. Yeah. Lessons you learned from Mr. Rogers. Yes. That was work. really bad terrible <laughs> your impersonation. Ooh. All right. But that's about a 20 minute review on our our overall consensus says see it, see it again yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't, and smile and have some fun because it's Star Wars. The,
3: don't listen to the haters. Don't listen to the naysayers. You judge for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And just go in there just thinking, yes. you know what? It's that a Star a good, Wars movie. Star Wars time. is fun. Let me go and have fun. Galaxy, Bring away. your friends and have a good time together. And buy goofy souvenirs like lightsaber slushy cups. Because those are cool. <laughs> those are great. Oh, come on. Admit that wasn't fun to drink a slushy out of a lightsaber.
4: But where are we going to store it after?
0: I don't care. Bought? We're just going to have fun drinking out of them. Those are great. They're so much fun. Oh, come on.
3: Yeah. We twin again. <laughs> To Disney and beyond. Oh!
0: So many of you probably listen to Diz Radio because, my gosh, he's got a ton of listeners. And hopefully, some of you have checked it out when I have mentioned that I do a Disney history segment on Diz Radio. Eric, did you ever go and check out Diz Radio when I mentioned I was on there? Yeah, I have. Great show. Yep, it's a lot of fun. He gets to interview a lot of fun people, has a lot of, you know, fun people on there doing con- all kinds of different segments, some of them pretty funny, they're all pretty informative. <laughs> There's such a weird variety of all these different people that he's assembled in this team, and then I try not to be the boring one. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so, Jonathan Johnson, say hello. Hello, everybody. Good to be here. Everybody loves Rankin Bass. I mean, if you don't love Rankin Bass, then I you must not have seen any of their stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a part of a, uh, a fan group that I guess you're like, you're the admin. I don't know if you started it, but it's, it's labeled as being the official Rankin Bass site or Facebook page for a podcast. Although I can't find a podcast, but you've been uh, posting about this book that you have been collaborating on, uh, giving, uh, what's some history of Rankin Bass. What's this book about?
2: Yes. Well, first off, yes, I did create that Rankin Bass group on Facebook. um, yeah, it is the official Facebook group for Rankin Bass Classics. And there was a podcast. We pulled it off for a while, and it is relaunching in 2020 as the official podcast for Rankin Bass. Nice. So with that said, uh, I am working with you know, a friend of mine, Rick Goldschmidt, who's the official historian of Rankin Bass, and uh, his associate, Wes Garlatz, and myself, have put together this book for the 50th anniversary of Frosty the Snowman. I mean, true classic, animated special, everybody loves. So it's basically a 50th anniversary scrapbook edition. So there's some history, some tidbits, and a lot of great full-color imagery of the making of and hand sketches and drawings and uh, going into the history and the merchandise and and everything for this classic that's been passed down.
0: Nice.
2: Has there been some other books you guys have put out as well, or is this the first? No, there's a variety of different books. There is the Enchanted World of Rankin Bass. There is also um, Mad Monster Party, you know, which is the great Halloween special that many people have overlooked. That was basically Tim Burton's, uh, you know, inspiration for Nightmare yeah. Before Christmas. Uh, <laughs> so there's there's a variety of books out there. There's the Rudolph uh, Rudolph nosed Reindeer anniversary book that came out last year, and of course now this as well. So there's a variety of different books that are on the market.
0: Oh well, there's more books now. I got to add to my library. <laughs> how did I miss out on this last year? Because I was—I've been a member of this group for a long time. I think that's—I I think th- this might be how I came across and first met
2: you from this group. I don't remember. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure. It is my—it is a second love of mine, next to Disney. Yeah. You know, so oh, yeah. you know, it, it, it could be. But Rankin Bass just has that—that that Disney-esque feel about it. That's yeah. the thing. Is <laughs> there's something about them that is special, memorable, you curl up with your family, you're listening to the songs, it just has this timeless feel that even yeah. though it ages you can tell it's aging it still just feels timeless
0: Yeah, the age is what kind of makes it special, because you know, the the animation with, with the stop motion is just a little clunky compared to when you when you look at The Nightmare Before Christmas, for example, and how, how the strides and stop motion has just really advanced, and the new ideas that they're doing, even with the um, uh oh, dang it! Um, you know they did the the I I can't pronounce it it's like it's like giant IQ something, you know what I mean though. But they did uh, the the t- Kubo and the Two Strings. Yes, uh, there's a and there's a lot of what? yeah yeah,
2: and there's a lot of good stop motion out there too. From mm-hmm. you know Coraline and Nightmare yeah. Before Christmas, James and the Giant Peach. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Kubo Studios. I mean, there's just so many good ones out there. It's it's a great art form.
0: Yeah, so when you look at the old Rankin Bass, they, in a way, you could say it looks a little janky compared to what they can do now. But there's just something about the jankiness that makes it special.
2: Definitely, yeah, it is. You know, well, there's something about it that makes it special, and I think it's because it's. I, I honestly think it's because it has this childlike innocence to it, mm-hmm. as opposed to some of the newer stop motion animation. I think it has that that sparkle, that twinkle, that that you know, when you're a kid, it's magical. When you're an adult. It brings you back to this time of being simple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not to say you that know, I was simple minded back then, but. <laughs> I'm simple minded now because, you know, that's just, that's just keeps things nice and easy in life, right? <laughs> oh, who wants an easy life? Me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you know, and Rankin Bass, just there's so much stuff that they have done. I mean, of course, you have the Frosty 50th right. book, right? 50 years, Frosty to Snowman. But there are so many other things, you know, from Rankin Bass that people forget that they have created from, oh yeah, uh, you know, there's Jack Frost. Love uh, it. Unless, I mean, I can just go through the Christmas specials. And then you have the yeah. true sequel to Frosty the Snowman, Frosty's Winter Wonderland, because that Frosty's Returns that they always bundled with the DVDs, <laughs> that wasn't even made by Rankin Bass. That's oh. a knockoff, horrible. That's not even the true sequel. Is uh, that the one with John Goodman in it? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Yes. And it and really that, wasn't that great. Right. And then you have, like I said, you have Jack Frost. Uh, You have the story of the uh, first Easter rabbit, which has a connection to Christmas there because Burl Ives plays an Easter bunny. Santa Mm. Claus saves the day. Uh, (laughs) You also have the first Easter snow with Angela Lansbury. Um, Mm. You know, the year without a Santa Claus, Pinocchio's Christmas, the Leprechaun's Christmas gold, uh, Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July. I mean, there's (laughs) so many Rankin Bass specials. Um, There's even in the early 90s, they had Santa Baby, which was an animated special that was targeting kind of like the Fat Albert kind of demographic group. I did not know about that one.
0: Of course, there's a lot of these I didn't know about really. (laughs) Like uh, that leprechaun one, uh, I, I didn't know anything about until I think you posted a picture in the Facebook group about it. And I was like, there was a leprechaun Christmas one?
2: Yes. And that was great because we're you can't go wrong with an island of leprechauns, a story of a banshee coming and, you know, trying to get it. I don't even want to spoil it. It's really good. It's, it's fun to watch. <laughs> Pinocchio's Christmas is always a good one. I love watching that one. Um, and, and like I said, the first Christmas snow is definitely one I love. I mean, Angela Lansbury plays a nun. It's about this blind boy. Who loses his Christmas spirit? All he wants is to see again. And of course, there's a Christmas miracle on the first snowfall of the winter.
0: (laughs) Oh, my. Yeah, see, Rankin Bass is really good. They they pull pulling the heartstrings. I think that's where John Lasseter and Pixar must have learned it from. Oh, yeah. Especially Nestor, Nestor the long eared donkey.
2: Oh, well, you know, and you gotta love Nestor. And then, you know, then there's always the debate which one is the true donkey that carried? Mary, right? Because then you have Nestor, the long-eared donkey, which is classic Rankin Bass. But then you have mm-hmm. Small One from Disney, classic animated Don Bluth. Yeah, which donkey which, really carried Mary?
0: And which I, I think you told me about Small One last year, and I never have gotten a chance to see it. Yes. So you know, asking so, you about it, like, oh my goodness, what's this? Oh, okay.
1: well, I, I don't know. I mean, if you if you want to delve into uh, diverging uh, origins and timelines, you know, we've got. Um, The 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 legend of Santa Claus versus uh, Santa Claus is coming to town,
2: which are both and Bass, exactly. (laughs) Right, yeah. The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus, which (laughs) to me, to me, you know, everyone says it's great, it's endearing, they love it. Mm -hmm. I I enjoy watching it. Yep, I own it. You know, of course, I had to own it, but I still think it is so out there. You can tell that it's written by Frank Baum. (laughs) Yeah. Which
0: I haven't watched that in a long time, but I did. Uh, I've got an old VCR that I, I hooked up downstairs, and I found a videotape that actually has that special on it. Uh, but I was kind of just checking what all was on it as I fell asleep, and uh, I'm gonna have to pull it back out and watch it because I always did love that one because it's I love the weird fantastic uh, elements of it of all these different little you know spirits of different things you know and the the wind demon and all these crazy the characters. great
1: arc and
2: yeah. <laughs>
0: It's, right. It's well, wild. yeah,
2: it's a it's a good one. I mean, mm-hmm. and the book is, is definitely good. And, you know, a lot of some of those things were based off of books. I mean, you have the year without a Santa Claus, mm-hmm. which is actually based off of a book initially, you know, and that was a, it was a great children's book that they made into the special with the Snow Miser and Heat Miser. And, um, you know, and of course, Snow Miser and them got to reprise their roles um, right. years later in the Miser Brothers Christmas, which was not Rankin Bass. Yeah, but they I did watch it, <laughs> but they did make it stop motion paid homage to it. You know, it was good. And then you had the live action coming all the way back to John Goodman again yep. with Year Without a Santa Claus when he was in the live action adaptation of that as well.
0: I didn't get very far trying to watch that one. It, it didn't have the same charm.
2: No, it was like a made for TV freeform yeah. movie, it felt like. But, you know, it, it was there. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but there are some great things with Rankin Bass. I mean, in the holiday times, I mean, there's a lot of good ones. I mean, who can forget The Thundercats Christmas? Um, you I know, did. People...
0: apparently I didn't know that existed.
2: <laughs> well, you know, it, it was in the series. It was one of the se- one of the episodes in the seasons. Nice. When the Thundercats celebrated the holidays, you know? So you can't go wrong with Lion-O celebrating the holidays and people forget <laughs> that that's Rankin Bass.
0: Yeah. Then that... See, I never really watched much of the uh the uh the Thundercats uh, because it, it was on at about a time that I wanted to go outside and play when I was a kid. But I loved Silverhawks, which was pretty much Thundercats in space.
2: <laughs> right. silver Silverhawks is, Silverhawks is really good, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, but the Rankin Bass specials. I mean, like I said, during Christmas, there's so much stuff. I mean, Jack Frost. I love that Here's one. the thing. You, you can watch that for Christmas or for Groundhog's Day. <laughs> yeah. True. <laughs> Right. It it has that nice that that parallel going on, you know, but then all the other ones that people forget, like Mad Monster Party. I love Mad Monster Party, which I have Uh, never
0: seen. I don't think I'd heard of it until uh, you might have been the one that told me that existed.
2: (laughs) Uh. You can't go wrong with voices from Boris Karloff, Phyllis Mm -hmm. Diller. I mean, all these great names behind it, you know, so, um, you know, and, and then you get into the Easter specials the first easter rabbit easter bunnies coming to town here comes peter cottontail i mean that list goes on and on right there um you know so there's always so many different elements that they have for all these different specials um and then of course you have stuff with like Haley mills bringing it back to disney with the daydreamer
0: did not know about that one
2: so I it. I, yes it is it is a great one uh, i It's not a not a seasonal one, not a special. It is its own entity, based off of a a lot of great fairy tales. I'll just leave it at that. You want to check it out? It's a really good one, and Haley Mills is one of the main voices throughout the entire piece.
0: Yeah, how did Rankin Bass manage to get such great voice talent? I mean, Fred Astaire, and I mean Pearl, Jimmy Durante,
2: yeah, great voice. I would love to know how they got through that. I mean, especially well. I mean, especially because it's at a time when um, old time radio was like kind of fading out. So now you're getting yeah. these big names who were right. old time radio stars. I mean, you think of the whale in like Rudolph and Frosty's uh, Shiny New Year or Rudolph's yeah. Shiny New Year. You know, and and I just listened to him, and I'm like, oh, that's the Great Gilder sleeve yeah, from you know the- OTR. You know, so yeah, it, it's like. I think I think they might have gotten some of these names just because OTR was kind of on that downward spiral. So it's yeah. like, let's get these legends to participate.
0: Yeah, and that's that might be part of the appeal of why I love old time radios, because I know the voices when I hear
2: them, you know? Because well, I watch you know, all these specials. <laughs> right. You know, and, and you know, things like Rudolph and all that stuff, it is just I don't know. To to me, it's just one of those things where I can get past the, you know, what is it? It's probably, what, 24 frames a second at that point? Yeah. Um, You know, just because it's great, memorable music. And that's where you get into all that music by Maury Laws and all those guys where Mm -hmm. it it, it is just so catchy, where you're just, you know, singing along and everything else. I mean, it's it's true, uh, as they put it, and a (laughs) magic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The great songs, the stories were simple and and pure, are uh, they're just charming.
1: Well, I, I don't know about pure. They they did go out on a limb. I mean, how many elf dentists are you aware of?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, the pure innocence of just it's just there you go has that gee golly fairy tale <laughs> magic in everything, and uh, it's oh uh, it's they were just special and just filled with such charm that no matter how old i get i just can't i gotta love i gotta love and watch them and i i i kind of wonder do they have like more volume collections where you can get about everything that they've put out because i there's so much that i still have never actually seen uh and i've uh i mean i've got a few things that i've collected and i even have a nice anniversary of rudolph where they had that deleted scene that explains that um um oh, wow, the name just went out right out of my head. But he was looking for, like, peppermint, what he was what he was mining for. Oh, the yeah. Right,
2: with the, with the original Cornelius. song. Yes.
0: Yeah, yes. you got Cornelius. And now, having now, that little scene where he finally goes out and finds some peppermint.
2: <laughs> well, you know, and, and the funny thing is, is, you know, most of their stuff has been divided up through so many different studios. I don't yeah. know if we'll mm-hmm. ever get a true collection. But if you are looking for a good Christmas collection, a DVD set came out probably five years ago called um, like Christmas Classics Collection or something like that. It's four discs. It's like $20 on Amazon. And it has the Grinch, you know, which isn't Rankin Bass. Right. Um, But everything else on there, other than the Grinch and Mr. Magoo, is all Rankin Bass. So it has Leverkans Christmas Gold, um, Frosty's Winter Wonderland. Uh, Rudolph and Frosty Christmas in July I mean it has all many of them that I, I named earlier for the holidays so I mean that is a good collection that you can get there um, you know but getting them all would be hard I mean especially everything that they've created I mean oh, yeah. Think back. you think back even to the 80s and go back to you know the awesome you know 1982 and let's get to The Last Unicorn I mean mm-hmm. that's an awesome animated movie beautiful done the score uh, i mean that's you know and then you know then they have their other their first movies that they've ever done which is like willie mcbean and his magic machine and then they did the wacky world of mother goose um there's just so many different things that they have done over the years even down to the smoky the bear stop motion
0: huh i don't know if i remember any of those Oh yes, the last unicorn is that still on Netflix? I have been meaning to watch that, and I still haven't watched it.
2: I don't know. I own the (laughs) Blu-ray, so you know. It's I still like sometimes. I still like having physical content for true collections Mm, like these, where you know that they will fall off streaming services at some point.
1: Oh, I know. I'm looking for my own copy of Flight of Dragons.
2: Oh, Flight of the Dragons! Yes, yes, definitely. Well, you know, and there's so many different things to add to these collections that I physically want. Um also, you know, The Little Drummer Boy. And oh, then I love oh, that yeah, one. and people always forget Little Drummer Boy Book Two. Yeah. It was the sequel. Um, you know, so you had that one as well that everybody forgets those. And it's like, well, those are really good ones. And then, yeah. you know, Danny Kay, right? You know, great, mm-hmm. great storyteller. And there was the enchanted world of Danny Kay where he did the Emperor's New Clothes. Huh. That was all rank and bass stop motion. So I mean it's there's so many good things that they have done that um, – I mean, the stingiest man in town. I mean, that is a great animated classic.
0: Man, there's just so many that I, I probably – there's probably more that I haven't seen than there are that I have seen.
2: Well, oh, wow. here's here's a rare one that people forget for Rankin Bass. I know it's Christmas. I should be talking Christmas. But the Coneheads, they did the Coneheads animated special in 1983. Mm. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Whoa! Was it even voiced by, like, Jane Curtin and Dan Aykroyd? Yes, it was. Oh, man! <laughs> it, it is awesome when you see it, and it looks like an animated Rankin Bass version of Conehead Dan Aykroyd. Oh! <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm going to search for this on YouTube now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, so so they have created a lot of good stuff. I mean, the Jackson Five, the Osmonds, they did all those. The Festival Family Classics, and those wow. are just the animated ones, um, you know. And then of course, the Hobbit and Return yes. of the King. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Although I don't think Return of the King was very good. Uh, the Hobbit is fantastic. I I don't I don't think
2: the live action Return of the King is very good. I'm one of the few in the minority. It won all the wow. awards, but I only say it won all the awards because it was the last one in the series, and the other ones didn't.
0: Yeah, I think they did stack them all on the last one just because they were uh, – to me, those awards were meant
2: for all three films. <laughs> right. It was It was more, oh, the other ones didn't really win as much as we wanted, and they're not making any more. We better award them with something.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, Return of the King might be the less one of the lesser ones because they they stretched
2: out so much with the slow motion. (laughs) But, uh, you know, but the holiday specials, um, you know, like I said, there's a lot of good ones. I I personally also love Twas the Night Before Christmas. Oh, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: I'm glad to see that one's getting a a lot more play recently than it has in uh, previous years.
2: Yes. You know, and I grew up listening to the LP of Twas the Night Before Christmas along with Frosty's Winter Wonderland, which was on Disneyland Records. Nice.
0: Mm. I'll have to look for those now too. But to see Twice the Night Before Christmas. That's the one with the, the mice and the clock yeah. tower and stuff, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes.
2: They have to play this special song for Santa so he doesn't ignore yes. their town anymore.
0: Oh wow, that is a great one. Oh man. I'm going to end up just having to spend the rest of my evening going and watching these now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, it's it, Rankin Bass, aside from Disney, is is definitely a, a second love of mine, which is why in 2020 we're going to bring back the official Rankin Bass podcast, where we're going to go in-depth in a lot of these things. So it is going to be a fun one because it's going to be with myself, Wes Garlatz, and, of course, the official historian of Rankin Bass, Rick Goldschmidt. Wow. All right. wow. Got a journey into the new territories like Mouse on the Mayflower from Rankin Bass.
0: Oh, yes. Well, yeah. like, I was thinking, I was trying <laughs> to think of the guy's name, but, uh, you know, there was, speaking of a Disney connection, up in Marceline, when they do Toon Fest every year, there was one time they had, uh, as a guest, this older gentleman who uh, he was, I think, a, like, Art direction, I believe he worked on with Rankin Bass, and he was a very old guy. And uh, I was sitting there in the, there's this really great cafe in there in, in Marceline. And I was sitting there eating lunch, and I recognized him from his picture in the in the like this little newspaper that he put out. That he came in, and I I, I was I looked at Heather like that, that's the guy who, he worked with Rankin Bass. I kind of wanted to go meet him, but I was like. I was still new to podcasting, so I wasn't used (laughs) to introducing myself to people. I wanted to just go and shake his hands and thank him for all his work, but I was kind of like, but but he's in here to have lunch. I don't want to disturb him. He's eating his lunch. But I kind of regret that I didn't have the guts to just go up and shake his hand and meet him. (laughs) Because... (laughs) That might be the only chance I get because he, you know, he's he had to have some help kind of getting around. They helped him kind of into a seat and asked him what he wanted. And I was like, yeah, he's he's really getting up there in years, you know. And a lot of those guys who worked on it, I don't know how many of them are left.
2: Right, there's not many. Um, just a couple of years ago, every uh, we're we're constantly losing them left and right, which is very sad. And um, you know, it, it is one of those things. I have a few autographs of my own that I cherish. Um, like Maury Laws, Paul Coker, a few of those, you know, so I, I cherish some of those. Um, but, uh, you know, it's much like the Disney community. As as we all get older, we're losing some of these icons.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. So considering that Maury here, he was quite the musical genius, uh, where did he come from? Do we know much more? Like, I mean, how did he start writing for Rankin Bass? Was he writing music, uh, you know in any other market before getting on with Rankin-Bass? Because, I mean, those songs are like some of the best songs ever. Well, at least for Christmas specials. But, I mean, still, you can't not enjoy. I've not heard a single song on one of these specials that was not great. I mean, that guy was a musical genius. He's the John Williams of Christmas specials.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, the thing is, is he created a sound for them. I think that's really what it comes down to, is he created Mm -hmm. the sound of Rankin-Bass. You know, it's just I think that's really where where it comes into play is it's kind of, you know, between, you know, Jules Bass, Maury Laws, Arthur Rankin, all these guys. I think it just comes really down to they created this sound, this look, this feel and really defined it. It wasn't like bringing in all these unknowns. It was always the same names attached to everything all the time. And I think that's that's where the, the magic came in is these guys were like, this is our baby. This is. What we're gonna create, and this is the sound we're gonna go with, and this is what we're gonna do, and you, I don't, you know, I, I'm, I'm like stumbling over it because it's just one of those where it truly was magical, like you said. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he was that that icon. I mean, in everything he did, from Rudolph the Red nose Reindeer, Return to Oz, he also did Little Drummer Boy. I, mm-hmm. I mean, everything for Rankin Bass was just this true piece of magic and this true. Uh, artistry i guess um you know i I mean the biggest thing is i mean from what i know of is he was he was hired from what i from what i know because i am not the true historian of, of uh maury laws i'll say that much you know but i do know that he was hired as the music director originally for rankin bass um and it was one of those where he was hired to come on board, create a sound, and that turned into, you know, thirty-plus year career with the company. Yeah. Um, and surprisingly, I did have a chance to meet him face to face, sit down with him, talk with him, because he actually, well, when, when he passed away um, earlier this year, actually in March oh. of twenty nineteen, um, oh, yeah, I, think I, had I remember a, that. I had a chance of meeting him uh, late 2017 because um, where he lives is actually only about an hour from where I live. <laughs> wow. Um, so I reached out to him numerous times, took the drive, and had the pleasure of just sitting down with him and uh, meeting him. Wow. Yeah, I guess
0: basically his music and his sound goes with Rankin Bass the way Paul Williams' music goes with the Muppets.
2: Yes, I agree with that. And uh, you know, when when Paul Williams came back to do letters to Santa for, for the Muppets, I'm like, this sounds like the Muppets. Yes, definitely. So. That's getting into a whole another realm of Christmas yeah. specials I could talk about <laughs> the different yeah. the different cuts and variations of Muppet family Christmas how certain yes. how the DVD is edited from the aired version yeah oh man I, I could go on and on with Muppet Christmas specials and <laughs> all those things. Or Your know, ho the Christmas toy is basically the true inspiration for Toy Story oh yeah um, yeah yep. you know just like cars is ripped off from Doc Hollywood you know it's just uh, which it's, I
0: hadn't thought of until were you the one that maybe it was one of your posts on Facebook I saw that today like that cars was basically doc hollywood and i stopped and thought about it i'm like oh my gosh it totally is well and it was hollywood (laughs) pictures so disney owned it (laughs) yeah stuff i hadn't really thought of but
2: that's that's uh, very spot on I, I could open a pandora's box you know <laughs> Slight, a, a slightly different jonathan than you hear on dis radio where i'm playing the straight guy just getting us through the through the show you know <laughs> <laughs> if you want to open a pandora's box of pop culture media comic cons movies tv specials oh man you're you're entering a realm
0: well see now that just means you have to come over here because we we get pretty eclectic over here sometimes i mean heck last week was just mr rogers (laughs) because i saw the new movie which by the way i gotta say again if you have not seen beautiful day in the neighborhood bring tissues and go
2: definitely oh i i that was a great movie um it's all about finding that six degrees because everything is connected in some way you love rankin bass okay Disneyland Records released those LPs you know so there's so many different things that you can pull into yeah. all different elements and uh, one name know. Paul Freeze. oh yeah uh, <laughs> icon right there right there you know, yes Rankin Bass, is
0: Hanna-Barbera and all over at Disney
2: yes you you can't go wrong Paul is distinguishable voice no matter what
0: and when you think about it, he really only had maybe three or four different voices he did, but
2: he was just so good at it <laughs> Well, you he know, could the, reuse them. Right. He, he's kind of like Christopher Walken. You know, Paul Fries played Paul Fries. It's just right. you liked him so much and you liked his voice. You didn't care.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And he was a really good actor, though, too. <laughs> but even, even if the character sounded the same way as you heard of, like five other characters, he was good at being a different character with that same voice
2: yes definitely that is that is true so it's yeah he was an icon so yeah, yeah rank rank and bass specials though i do have to say you guys got to go out there and find track down some of these other ones like stingiest man in town i would say a good starting point for most of them you haven't seen is to get that that dvd collection
1: yeah Amazon, Amazon Amazon. i actually think i've seen it on sale at target uh this oh season yeah, as well. Right.
2: Yeah, I think Target still has a few. You just got to make sure you get the right one. There's one where it says Christmas right. Classics, but it's like six movies, mm-hmm. and that's it. You got to. It, it's it's a red box. It's from like five six years ago, and it'll say Christmas Classics Collection, and it's like I don't know twelve to fourteen different specials. It's four discs. Everything's wow. crammed on. It has everything from twas the night before Christmas frosty's winter wonderland all that stuff so it has a lot of those obscure ones that you're not going to see and then of course they tacked on the grinch on there and mr magoo which you're like okay whatever
1: hey (laughs) you know know, we we all need our razzleberry dressing
2: i mean they're great i do (laughs) love the grinch and i love mr magoo's christmas carol but minus those two it's a rankin and bass you know collection so it's it's a good starting point for yeah. people, especially to dip their toe into something beyond Santa Claus is Coming to Town, Rudolph, and Frosty. Cricket on the Hearth is a great animated classic. I, I forgot to I even mention that one.
0: I think I've seen that, but I'm not
1: sure. <laughs> it sounds so familiar. Cricket on the Hearth. Hmm. You know, it's good to know, though, that there are resources out there. You know, we do have access to all of these classics. And so, you know, it's a great thing that they are out there and we can reach out. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, don't want to say necessarily do a YouTube search, but there's a lot of stuff out there.
0: Indeed, there is. If anybody wants to come and check out uh, your regular show, Diz Radio, uh, Diz Ninjas was a thing you were doing for a while. Is that back?
2: Diz Ninjas never went away. The podcast went away for some time, which is relaunching as well in uh, 2020. Uh, But Diz Ninjas is actually, you know, health fitness group where it's mental health, physical health, biking, running, martial arts, whatever you want it to be. Just there's no telling you how to be healthy or anything, like I said, even mental health. Um, But the Diz Ninjas group is fully active on Facebook as well. Um, And we are relaunching the podcast in a totally different format um, where we're going to do it more as mental nuggets of inspiration that you will find twice a week in quick 15-minute podcasts.
0: Which I probably need. I'm uh, I'm about to start exercising. I got myself a new membership at Anytime Fitness Set up right next to the radio station and I get it for free. So it's kind of nice. So I am all set. I'm going to get back and exercise and I'm going to work this gut out and I'm going to build my core strength. So I do not injure my back next time I pick something up. Fantastic. (laughs) So I have a plan. (laughs) I have a plan. All righty. But I guess we better wrap this up. So thanks for coming on to the show and talking some rankin bass from us. This was fun.
2: Thank you for having me on and, of course, being part of the D team. And if anybody does want to find me, you can find me at DizRadio, D-I-Z Radio dot com. I'm not going to give you all the Facebook tags and all that kind of fun brouhaha. Just go to DizRadio dot com. You'll find it all right there. Keep it nice and simple. And if you want to find more about Rankin and Bass, you can definitely find any of the books and items at miserbros.com. dot com. That's M-I-S-E-R-B-R-O-S dot com. Or you can join the very active, always fun Rankin Bass Facebook group, which is the Rankin Bass Classics on Facebook.
0: Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast.
4: We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure.
0: Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket.
4: It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others.